skeptical about custom beauty, honestly, y'all, I totally get it. My feed is flooded with customize this and personalize that, all promising, you know, to fix all of our beauty, hair, and skin problems. Truthfully, I was so skeptical when I saw this brand, but I'm a total believer now. When pros says custom, they actually mean it. Their products are no gimmicks, and your formula couldn't exist without you. Each and every bottle of Pro's custom hair care and skin care is made to order and personalized with unique blends of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. And they get personal. Pros covers everything from your concerns to diet, exercise, and stress levels to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. Did you know, for example, that Minneapolis has like weirdly hard water, which apparently was affecting my hair? So like some of the ingredients that they put into my hair care was to like deal with the fact that we have hard water. Wow. I love that. They also asked me things like, you know, because I have had a baby recently, like, am I still breastfeeding? What are my hair goals? And I also really appreciated they asked like, how much effort do you want to put into your hair? Yeah, <laughs> because like I'm at the point, you know, I used to let, yeah, I used to do those, you know, put effort into my appearance, but now it's like, I just want to be able to walk out of the door without feeling self-conscious. Um, I, this is truly such a genuine endorsement. So I've really enjoyed using these products. But don't just take our word for it. In a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised control clinical trial, this is like the gold standard of all of these trials, Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering our listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash just break up. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash just break up for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas, pros.com slash just break up. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And this week, we're going to tackle topics like not wanting to be a parent, Mm. when hurting people hurt us, and valuing honesty over niceness. Oh, my God. I know. Why did you go there so fast? (laughs) Uh, Okay, go ahead. Sometimes I just like pull quotes out of the letters that we're reading and pretend like I came up with them myself. (laughs) But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we are not licensed mental health professionals. Yes. In any way, shape, or form. Right. We are not therapists. We are not trained in this. So please take our advice as you see fit. We are only here to offer our humble musings. So please shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding, but mostly confusing experience that is love. 
That being said, Sam, <laughs> yes. by the time this episode airs, Just Break Up will have one million streams on Spotify. <laughs> That's so wild. That is so... A million. One million listens to our unqualified advice. So before we dive into our check-in topic, we obviously want to say a big thank you to our listeners, um, to the people who write in, to the people who support us on Patreon. All of you make this possible, and we feel deeply, deeply honored by the fact that you press play every Monday or whenever you come to us on your journey. Absolutely. Right? Could be Thursday. Maybe it's all at once, months at a time. I want to send a special (laughs) shout out to folks, I know this happens, who see us on, you know, Spotify app and are going through a heartbreak and are like, no, (laughs) fuck you. I don't want to just break up, you know, and then come to it. You know, we get so many letters from people who are like, I resisted listening to you for like six months and now I wish I didn't or whatever. I love Mm -hmm. I love you listeners the most. Just kidding. I love you all equally no that's right you can come to us whenever it feels right yeah There's no exactly. expectations yeah we're just here no requirements uh-huh just like however works for you right we're like that really comfortable sweater that like you only wear <laughs> um when you're like feeling yourself i don't know where that metaphor came from yeah. let's move on <laughs> <laughs> that sweater that you only wear when you're feeling yourself <laughs> Take that, take that wherever you want to take that. Yeah, no, it's like your freakum dress, but for like cardigans. <laughs> All right, let's just move on. Um, thanks everybody for listening. We can't believe you guys have listened to us for one million times. <laughs> it's wild. Okay, so our check-in topic is actually such a great question. It's inspired by a letter. Um, Emma R from Brooklyn writes. I once said to my current partner, my good true love, when we were in a situationship that was not going well, so like in the past, mm-hmm, quote, mm-hmm. I just don't understand why it has to be so hard all the time. Her partner now frequently brings that up, that moment, um, as the moment that he knew that he was not giving himself fully to her. And quote, mm. that's why when we started truly investing ourselves in the relationship with one another, that we were making it harder than it needed to be by failing to be open with one another about our thoughts and feelings. And then Emma goes on to write, what are some things that you have said or heard in a relationship that consciously changed its trajectory? Mm. Um, I love this question. I think it's so thoughtful. Um and, you know, I love the power of words. So I know exactly what Emma's talking about. Like that moment where, you know, those words meet your consciousness and everything sort of shifts. Yeah. So I, in the like 30 minutes before this episode, I like sat and tried to like think of some, but I couldn't. So. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Well, I have some maybe. You can... <laughs> Besides like, hey, uh, I think we should break up, mm. which is like, mm, that's that's a big one. <laughs> I know the the joke. That I came up with in my head beforehand was like, well, you know, the trajectory of our relationship really changed when he said, I cheated on you. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was like, fuck you. Um, And then stayed with him for two years. Um, Okay, so the things that I thought of, I did the same thing you did where I like sat and like looked back on my relationship history. And honestly, there's at some point in that history that I start forgetting things. But I remember a couple things um my sister when i was in high school told me once um if it's not right it's not right and i Mm -hmm. know that that rule doesn't apply to everything but it was the first time that i gleamed 
you know, I it, the first time that I had the understanding that not all relationships are supposed to work. I spoke last episode about how I've been like rage watching Gilmore Girls and how I think that we <laughs> want relationships to work more than we want them to be healthy you know we want them to Mm -hmm. we want things to be worth it you know and i think that was the first time when i was like 16 or 17 that my sister my sister's words showed me a world in which like some things aren't meant to be right you know um another thing i thought of is you um that we were not in a relationship together but i had gone through the breakup (laughs) um with the like compulsive liar and cheater and i think i was First of all, I just want to, like, paint a picture for our listeners. Like, imagine having Sam as your best friend. Like, there are it's really hard. so many benefits, <laughs> but you, I get dragged <laughs> so <laughs> filthily. Um, uh, but, so, like, obviously there, uh, like, you guys enjoy getting relationship advice from me and Sam. Like, imagine ha- Sam, like, knowing all your intimate secrets. <laughs> And being able to like whip out the truth like he does so intensely on this podcast. I, so painting the picture. Yeah, um, sorry. <laughs> no, this is all a compliment. It's just like, I think looking back on this memory now with the understanding that there are hundreds of people who love your biting advice, I'm like, wow, I have like a front seat <laughs> to this experience. Um, Sam, we were at a happy hour i was crying i was wearing sunglasses because i was crying in public um about this breakup and i kept on saying something like how i loved his mother and how Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. i felt like Mm -hmm. all of you know like that i felt obligated to like try or or, i don't i didn't remember what bullshit i was Uh, yeah no i remember this yeah you were like i go ahead you wanted to like be friends with his mom and his (laughs) sister or like yeah. Wanted to like reach out to them to something. be like, to like make things. Yeah. Yeah. I was something. And you said to me, he's chosen this. He ch- he's choosing to not have you in your life, in his life. He chose to not have you in his life anymore. And I remember being like, what? You know, like you hear, you can hear. It's so funny how you can hear from a loved one. Like, I don't want to be with you anymore. But then to hear your friend say he's choosing to not have you in his life anymore. Like that's the choice he's made because he doesn't want you in his life anymore. It just like it like propelled the why I brought that up is that it really shifted. I really my understanding of breakups and my healing. Mm. Um, I know this is like a little not what Emma was talking about. But when yeah. I think back to being like, oh, dang, like that shifted my whole the word trajectory stood out to me. It's like that shifted my whole whole trajectory of healing. And then the last thing I'll share, I honestly imagined us like going back and forth on this cute thing. Well, I have one now. I thought of one. Okay, go. Perfect. <laughs> so it, one of the instances where like someone broke up with me and then like wanted to date me again, yes, um, yes, yes. like immediately afterward. Uh, so yeah, there's this guy that I dated for a while who like, honestly, when I think about him, like... I feel nauseous. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, I like when I think about him, I'm like, wow, if he hadn't broke up, broken up with me, like things could have gone really well, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is like a sort of a ridiculous thing to say. But like, no, I, I get he, it. He like broke up with me and then immediately regretted it. And I was like, and I still think about it. And I'm like, if he hadn't broken up with me, like, I you, think we would mm-hmm. like maybe still be together at this point. Um, but he broke up with me. So that's that about that. Um <laughs> But so then, like, after we broke up, we were, like, still hanging out, like, once a week and, like, you know, getting drinks and, like, having a good time, like, going on walks around the city and, like, being what I thought was, like, 
a budding new friendship. Right. And he said to me at some point, like, I like we're doing this because the goal that we have is like get back together. And I was like, whoa, that's like not at all what Mm. I was envisioning. And I said something like, oh, I don't I don't see that ever happening again. Like you broke up with me like that's that's sort of it for me. Um, And then we stopped being friends. So like it was it was like a it was good because like it was a recipe for for hurt for Mm -hmm. sure. Exactly. Um, And it changed the trajectory like trajectory in like not a good well in a good way. Yeah. But like not in a way of like us figuring out how to be friends, but in a way of us being like, wow, this is we don't have shared goals in this relationship and Mm. it's not going to work for us. Um, And so then we sort of stopped seeing each other on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the epiphany moment where you see Mm -hmm. where you it's almost as though you like, you know, in Anna's or excuse me, Emma's letter, you know, she writes about like how that shifted everything. It's like her partner at the time glimpsed where this relationship was going and realized that things needed to shift um, or Mm -hmm. whatever. And you glimpsed in that moment, like that could be another six months of that in between where a lot of heartbreak is Mm -hmm. laying in, in wait for some people. The last one that I have that is the most recent like the preface I have to say to this is I'm a child of divorce. I'm a realist and I have a really hard time saying things like, well, people who are married are meant to be together forever. <laughs> you know, that's just like something that my inner compass like struggles with um, for whatever reason, whether it's my mistrust of marriage or my understanding that people evolve and change and whatever. So then when Willow and I first started talking about getting married, um, we... I would like tiptoe around those things and I would be like, yeah, we could just be together for as long as like we need to, you know, like for as long as it works <laughs> or whatever, you know. And at one point she kind of was like, I I can tell you are uncomfortable with forever. And I was like, absolutely. Yes. You know, <laughs> and I don't know what it was, whether like I said, whether it was like my understanding of marriage is something impermanent or mm-hmm. or like I, I do a lot of. Um, preparation to not feel stupid, you know, or, you know, like I, I mitigate yeah. my hope, you know, I try not to like get too invested in things until they're a sure, sure deal or whatever. So maybe it was like, I was trying to protect myself, you know, but I, she said she was very loving, you know, she, it wasn't like a deal breaker for her, but she just said, just so you know, like, I, I'm not really interested in being in a marriage that we imagine could end one day. Like, that's not what I want to go into, you know, Mm. like I'm in it forever, you know, I'm in it. Yeah. And the caveat to all of that is like, I almost feel uncomfortable saying it out loud because I know things change and evolve and I know terrible things happen or what or or loss or whatever. But that that like shifted me all of a sudden I was like she's willing to like be so vulnerable and so brave to say like, no, I'm fucking in it. Like I want it. I want it. I want Mm. us to work that all of a sudden it gave me permission and a a feeling of safety to say like, I'm in it too. Like I'm in it forever. Like I want this to last. And it's, Mm. it's, it's shifted our, the way we talk about our marriage and our relationship 
to being not one of like idealized fantasy of like the the fantasy of marriages lasting forever, but like what kind of life and foundation are we building? What kind of communication styles are we building? What kind of resolution styles are we building to make it one that the end goal is is being together, is is making a life in which we are together. Um, hmm. And that really shifted something in me because before then, and you know me, you and I are very similar in that way. Like we really like uh, to be realist about things, especially yep. something like as permanent as marriage. But that shifted something in me and really allowed me to like grow in our relationship in a way that I've really loved it. Like n- to use the old um, the phrase like my guards were let down. I was able to like be more present, more vulnerable, and I I am still currently now. So that's something that changed that. the trajectory of my relationship. Yeah, no, that's that's a big one, and I think like I don't know. That's <laughs> I always talk about how like marriage is fundamentally about death because like you are agreeing to love each other and be in relationship <laughs> with each other until one of you is dead. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> love that. And like that's that's funny because like that for me that is what i'm saying is like yeah like this is forever like this is like this isn't we're agreeing to be together for a while this is like that's why it's so important was so important for me in our wedding to like acknowledge yeah you want to tell the people what you're talking about we're making we're making an agreement until that one of us will love you that we will be in relationship with each other until one of us is dead (laughs) which is all to say sam walked down the aisle too uh naked as we came by iron and wine yeah which, is, which li- listen to it it's not a wedding song it's no, very no. sad <laughs> but it's beautiful and now i think about you every time i listen to it and cry as though i didn't already <laughs> good that was yeah. the plan yeah yeah <laughs> i was like i'm going to co-opt this sad song in everyone's yeah. life so that they have to think about me when they listen to it i i want to say though i really love this check-in topic and i know we only have a handful of examples but i know my life has been literally riddled with these moments they're just either not coming Mm. to mind or they're not romantically charged um Mm -hmm. but there are moments in in our life in which we hear something and it's like all the acquired experience and knowledge that we have makes sense because of that one lens through which we see something you know Mm that the the words change the way we see things and i just inherently love that as as human beings that like everything can kind of like not click into place but all of a sudden what once didn't make sense or once once was scary or hard or or what once um seemed inviting is shifted because of this this epiphany that we had um if any of you had a moment like this you can submit it um you can send it to me in our dms at justbreakuppod.com i'd love to like share some of these moments for everyone because that's another thing that this podcast i think provides is like moments of reflecting on people's experiences like back to them what we see mm-hmm. which is invaluable i really feel like so absolutely all right let's get into our first letter our first letter is from adam a who is writing from the void hey y'all big fan of the podcast you guys helped me through a major breakup a year ago i've been hooked ever since so cut to the present i'm in a great relationship with another guy about my age everything's been great we talk about our problems we both go to therapy and we share a profoundly stupid sense of humor (laughs) here's the problem he has a sweet curious absolutely adorable four-year-old son and oh boy do i not vibe with kids (laughs) 
don't get me wrong, I'm great with them. I'm a drag queen and pre-COVID, I used to do story time readings at the local LGBT positive stores. But if given the option, I prefer to be the fun gay uncle at most. I'm not clicking in this environment. I just really don't want to be a dad. And seeing as how talks of us becoming one big family are in the air, I feel like I need to make a decision soon. I love him. This is the healthiest relationship I've ever been in, but I just feel like I know my limits. Mm. I guess my question is, is it selfish to want to leave the relationship because I don't want to be a father? He's always been so kind about making sure I understand that parenting isn't for everyone, but I can't help but feel like I'm being a grade A asshole. Love what you guys do. You help me so much more than you know. Love, Adam. Oh, Adam, thank you so much for writing. We love you too. And... um. You're not being an asshole. Uh, no. You're not being a selfish asshole. You're you're literally just being a human in what is actually like a pretty difficult scenario to mm-hmm. be in. Um, this is this is this is a game you can't win. You know. <laughs> um, imagine like being placed on like a board game of like, okay, so you need to make it work with this one person who doesn't have who has this thing that you don't want. And you have to, like, mm-hmm. be a- authentic and happy this whole time. And it's just like, right. it doesn't work. This game is unwinnable. Unwill- um, That's right. Not to say that this relationship can't work. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But I just want to say, like, you're in a really tough situation. It's so amazing to me that our first instinct in tricky, complicated situations is to say, I'm an asshole. <laughs> I'm selfish. Mm-hmm. Like, how dare I entertain my own needs and desires? How dare I be honest with myself about what I want and the longevity and sustainability of this relationship in context of what I want? Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I think I think that it gets so fraught, too, when it comes to to children too right and and to parenting and i think mm-hmm. i think that we've been we've been told by society that the that choosing not to be a parent or not wanting to be a parent is somehow an in an inherently selfish decision mm-hmm. as if like our job in life is to sacrifice ourselves as people in order to rear new yeah. children or you're like right? the wicked witch <laughs> yeah no absolutely um, or like your life is going to be so sad and unfulfilling because yeah. you don't have the light of children in your life. Yeah. Or um, you're going to lure children into your house with candy and then eat them. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just going with this fantasy here. Um, and I, I wanted to, you know, in this letter, just make sure that we sort of talk about that expectation mm. that we have. And this like assumed understanding that our job on this planet is to procreate and raise new children. Right. Um and to push back against that, like that's not our job. It right. might be someone's job. It right. might be it might be the thing that someone really wants to do. They might they might think about it and want to do it since they were a kid. They might come into parenthood unwillingly. They might come into it being like, okay, well, and then yeah. learn to love it. They may think it's the thing that they wanted to do and find out that like it sucks a lot. And they may choose to not be parents. And I talk all the time on this podcast about autonomy, like. It's important that we allow people to make decisions that fit them and that are best for them. And and the choice to not be a parent isn't selfish. It's just a choice. It is someone living into their most authentic self. And that's great. Yeah. And and I think the idea of even I think what makes it hard is that like you're presented right now with this like adorable four-year-old kid and you are saying to yourself like i love that kid but i but i don't want to be a parent Mm. i don't want to parent that kid 
Um, and that's, that's a hard decision to make. And I, I can understand why you feel torn about it. Right. But you're not selfish for not wanting to raise children. Right. It's, it is a, it is just a choice that you're making. I, um, I want to like do a quick tangent and hold myself accountable. I am, I really want to stop. Um, and I have, like, I'm, I'm trying to not do this anymore, but like the, the, the habit, the cultural habit we have of saying, so do you guys want kids to like a married couple <laughs> yeah. or to like a couple uh-huh. that has been together for a while or whatever? Um, oh, you guys planning to have kids or whatever? I know that it is asked, like at least in my part, you know, I try to do it with somebody like intimately that I know, you know, like like you and Peter or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I that's where my brain goes when I like meet another couple (laughs) you know like that's where i'm like so this is your next step and i think that a lot of people will agree with me that that's like a talking point in our culture which again Mm -hmm. centers children procreation parenting over like not not doing all of that (laughs) um uh instead i want to like be like so are you guys planning on traveling anytime soon (laughs) (laughs) so you guys are planning on like adopting a dog or i don't know like (laughs) Uh doing Do you guys want to have like a, you know, a a thriving side hustle business or like maybe like a side? Are you guys ever planning on like fixing your garage? (laughs) I don't know. No, that's that's absolutely real. Tangent and moment of accountability to myself. Well, and also like the other thing that I've been challenging myself to do as well is to not immediately react when somebody tells me that they're pregnant. Oh, my God. (laughs) No, honestly, to be like to take a pause and say like. And how do like how do you feel about that? Yes, absolutely. as as opposed to being like, yay, oh my god, because like just because a person is in a marriage or in a long term relationship doesn't mean that a pregnancy is actually a good thing, absolutely. right? But we just like this assumption of, oh, you must be so happy that you're pregnant absolutely. when it's like not necessarily the case. It might be you might be excited, but also nervous. You might be fraught. You might like, there are so many different things besides just like unbridled excitement that someone might feel when they're pregnant that we shouldn't as a society assume that it's a good thing. Anyway, I'm sorry. (laughs) I love that. I remember, I remember learning that lesson, um, some at some time down the line and, and remembering that what's most important in that moment is the person feels like listened to and supported, not immediately congratulated as to add to any stress or guilt or discomfort or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Anyway, um, back to you, Adam. <laughs> right. Um, I think Sam and I would definitely agree in the fact that, well, you're in a hard position. And also, um, I guess I want to say that there is no right or wrong decision you can make here there's no like hurtful or not hurtful decision there's no way Mm. right now in which you can act unselfishly and and not hurt someone right Mm. um i guess those things that i just said are kind of contradicting but i guess let me explain (laughs) one there's no right or wrong decision the the decision you make will be the decision right right um there is no decision that you can make that will not hurt someone. If you stay in this relationship and not listen to your authentic desires, you are being hurtful and inauthentic to yourself. If you leave this relationship, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. 
It's going to hurt your partner. Mm. It's going to hurt you. There's no way to avoid pain. And I guess the reason why I'm mm-hmm. saying this is instead of trying to make yourself into like either feel bad about not wanting a child or or feel bad about leaving or not leaving or whatever, just kind of accept that this is a painful situation. Does that make sense? Right. Yep. Um, I don't think anyone should have to be a parent. Um, if they don't want to be, I think that should be an autonomous choice, as you said, Sam. I do want to say, um, I feel like this, if this relationship is good, if this relationship is good, true love, if this relationship is strong and stable and like worth sticking around for, I do think there is a way to like navigate staying in this relationship. And um, I guess like, like like navigating that's the word i'm looking for like moving through the relationship and trying to figure out what your place is in this family right because because mm. it's a package deal the son comes with the husband you're essentially dating both of them um mm-hmm. but i i can't see how that works with i can't see how it's going to work if you don't want to be a parent i guess is what i'm saying <laughs> yeah no i I agree with that too. I think Adam, I think it's important for you to see this partner as a package deal and that, and that I think you're doing what, what we often do in relationships that aren't necessarily working or with, with someone who is like so great 90% and then the 10% is like complete incompatibility to say like, Oh, if only, but for that 10%, he would be perfect. So like we need to work so like I need to to just go with the ninety percent and like forget that other ten percent, but that's right. not that's not the reality. The reality is he is one hundred percent a person, and a huge chunk of that is the fact that he's a father and he's he's caring for this cute, adorable, curious boy. Um, and so that sucks. <laughs> it does. Uh, I, 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 like, <laughs> before we signed on to record, I talked to. I was like, I feel the. I feel most conflicted about this letter because I think maybe because there's not like a direct, maybe because I'm not willing at this moment in this time to say, (laughs) just break up, you know, but at the same time, I can't bring myself to say, just hide this thing about yourself for the sake of this relationship, you know, right? Um, or just not fully engage in this man's life. Yeah, because that feels wrong, with too. With child. Because that feels right. wrong, too, because, um, y- like you said, Adam, this is, you know, the, the path leads to one happy family, and one happy family includes this child. And I also know that there are p- children out there who are stepchildren and who have who feel as though that relationship was either harmful or beneficial in their life. Mm-hmm. Harmful meaning mm-hmm. maybe they felt pushed aside or or not engaged with or shameful or whatever. So I'm th- I'm I'm thinking at this from all different angles and and also I still feel like the validity of your love, I guess is what I'm saying. It's like mm-hmm. a hard I feel even I feel hard like turning my back on this relationship and I don't even know these people. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I'm a sucker. <laughs> I'm a huge sucker. So No, that's real. Um Yeah, so I guess I guess I would say to you Adam, that I absolutely 100% respect your decision to not be a parent and um, like don't question that at all and say that 
if that's your decision and your partner's goal in his relationship is for you all to be one big happy family, Mm. then you don't have shared goals in this relationship. And that sucks because he seems like a really great dude. Like, it seems like things are going really swimmingly and, and he seems just wonderful. And the kid seems great, too. But... You don't have the same goals in this relationship. And yeah. and if you don't have similar goals or or similar dreams for what you are working towards in this moment and in the future, um, then it's gonna be really, really difficult to maintain this relationship in a in a healthy way. And that sucks. And I'm sorry about that. Like it <laughs> Well that's I, like I, I mean it's just I wish a... it was different. <laughs> I didn't choose this letter because I thought I knew what I was fucking talking about. I chose it because we've actually never answered a question like this before. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think it's it must be one other people experience. However, I will say the fucking Internet did not help me this morning when I was prepping. (laughs) Um, Yeah, because they were like, oh, you you secretly want to be a parent. You just don't know. Really? (laughs) They just were. It was just tips on how to be a step parent, not how to Mm. decide whether you want to be a step parent or not. You know, like. And and there's not that the Internet offers like very much validation in general, but I think there was sadly no there was no validation in questioning whether you want to be a step parent or not. Like, I guess that's Mm -hmm. the biggest thing. The thing that I'm most confident about, Adam, is that like it's okay that you don't want to be a parent. It's okay, just like Sam said. And it's also okay that you don't want to be a step parent to this cute four year old. You know, that's okay. Um, And that's really what you need to lead with when whether or not you choose to stay with this man, you have to say that you have to say, I'm not sure I want to be a step parent to your son. I don't know Mm -hmm. where this leaves us. Right. And then Mm -hmm. you two as a couple can unpack. My assumption is that he's going to say, well, we're a package deal. Right. Right. Yep. Because they probably are. Right. But who the fuck knows? Maybe. Maybe there is some other manifestation of this relationship that Sam and I cannot imagine yet. Um, right, that you can figure out together. Right. But um, the first thing is you have to say with all honesty and love to your partner, I'm, I'm, I never envisioned myself being a parent and I, and I'm not ready to be a step parent to your child. And I can't, I can't see this in the future. So what is, I'm, I'm worried about what this means for our relationship, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it'll be a hard conversation, but there are, like Sierra said, there might be the possibility that something good could come out of it. But I also just want to remind you to be true to yourself, mm-hmm. be authentic to who you are. And if you don't want to be a parent, then I don't want you to find a workaround that's you being a step parent with in everything but title, right? Like, mm. like I, I think it's important for you to to also stand up for yourself in this relationship and and make your your vision for what you want out of your life known. And yeah. um, and it's not selfish, and it is not you're not an asshole for for saying it. Um, and you have you are entitled to ask for what you want in this relationship and to figure right. out whether or not this relationship can provide yeah. that for you. The only other thing that I'll say is that I just want to make it clear too that like if in five years you decide that you do want to be oh a God, step parent, I thought the same thing. <laughs> you are allowed to do that because why? We can People change are our allowed mind. to change their minds. I'm so glad you said that because I thought of it earlier. I was like, you know, but what if you regret this? Well, 
guess what? We cannot avoid regret. <laughs> we can't. No, right. Exactly. Because we are ever-changing, ever-evolving beings. Like you're... Absolutely. So, yeah, period. I'm and so, so I don't you want that. you to... I also don't want you to think like, well, I'm not 100% sure if I don't want to be a parent for the rest of my life. Right? You you just don't want to be a parent now. And mm-hmm. that's okay. You will have the opportunity to change your mind in the future if that's something that you want to do. Right. So, like, maybe take a little bit of the weight off of this and say, like, this is not about me deciding if I ever want to be a parent. This is about me deciding now that I don't want to be. Right. And that's okay. Yeah. And that's something you could even share with your partner. You know, like this kid, this four year old's going to grow up, you know, they're not going to be like a fully functioning being anytime soon. <laughs> yep. But like, you know, there are ways in which you can evolve this relationship can evolve together or separately. Um, mm-hmm. I think Sam and I believe that what's most important right now is is honoring your authentic feelings. Absolutely. All right. We love you, Adam. Thanks so much for listening and for writing. Thank you so much. All right. Y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh, my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because, (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash justbreakup for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash justbreakup to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash justbreakup. All right, Head and Heart Workers, you know I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. 
Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. <laughs> Stop wasting yeah. you money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. We don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like use the middle person. Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash just break up. That's rocketmoney.com slash just break up. Rocketmoney.com slash just break up. All right, our next letter is from Big Bones, who is writing to us from inside the human body. <laughs> yeah, I have some questions about the name and the place. It's like, I feel like I'm like the butt of a joke that I don't understand. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I love it. I just, the weirder, the better. Okay. Hello. See, I mean, after like a million listens, we've read some really good locations for where people are writing from. Very true. Hello, Sierra and Sam. I love your podcast and come to you both with a serious situation that I'm sure you've heard before. A good friend of mine has recently found her first serious boyfriend. Our senior year of college, she was really set on finding a relationship and I noticed she would ditch me and our friends to FaceTime or text some guys she was talking to. I believe she was using Bumble, but I'm not sure. I remember feeling neglected. Sometimes I'd talk to her about serious issues in my life and I'd notice she wasn't paying attention. When she first met her boyfriend, I thought it was good. She finally seemed satisfied and happy with herself. But over the past year they've been dating, I've definitely seen some things take a dark turn. Her boyfriend has been putting up a lot of barriers between them. He demands she calls him for hours at a time, even when she's at work. He says insulting things to her, often demeaning her intelligence as an educated woman, and becomes very angry with her over small things like using his Netflix account. They're in a long-distance relationship. They, I think they live around two to three hours away from each other. And he is refusing to make time to drive down to see and see her. He puts her in a position where she has to take time off from work. He is unemployed at the moment just to physically see him. Whenever she cannot do that, he makes her feel guilty and unwanted. There are many more instances that have happened between them, and it's become apparent to me that he's verbally abusing her. However, when we talk about him together, she, and she mentioned all of these terrible instances, it's usually followed with, quote, he's a good person. He loves me. In addition to all of this, she made me promise her that I wouldn't tell any of our friends about the relationship. They don't even know this man exists, and I think it's because she's embarrassed of his behavior. Because of the verbal abuse, he makes her feel overwhelmed and upset. Recently, she told me that her boss had to give her a warning concerning her performance at work because she's often late and distracted on the phone. She's also applying to graduate school and missed several application due dates because she was too stressed and sad to work on them. Our friends have stopped hanging out with her because she usually makes really insensitive comments to them. When the two of us hang out, she lashes out at me in fits of anger, making similar deeply personal attacks. I try not to take it personally because I know she's just 
really upset with herself and this relationship is causing a lot of pain but it's getting harder for me to be there for her when i'm constantly being a verbal punching bag our most recent fight started because her boyfriend called her and screamed at her for two hours causing her to have a panic attack i had to be honest and i said that his behavior was clearly upsetting her Immediately, she told me off and called me a horrible, judgmental friend just because I, quote, haven't met her boyfriend and I'm jumping to conclusions. Sam and Sierra, I feel really stuck. How do I let her know that I am here for her, not judging her? How can I point out the toxic behavior that I'm seeing in the relationship without disturbing her? It's becoming harder to withstand the personal attacks she's throwing at me. And our other friends are refusing to speak with her because they don't know about this relationship. Should I tell them? I'm so desperate to make sure she's supported by someone close to her, yet it is hard to stay when she is pushing me away. What do I do? I appreciate you both for reading this. I know it was a long one. I just don't know where else to turn. Thank you for all of your help and the advice you've given out over the years. It's meant the world to me. Sincerely, Bones. Oh, Mm. Bones. We love you. We do. This is a terribly difficult and painful situation. It is, for sure. And, like, Sierra was struggling with advice for the last letter. I am struggling with advice for this one. Um, Tell me more. Because it just feels like a, it feels like a no win scenario mm. for you, um, for your friend, for your other friends that care deeply about this person who is obviously hurting and is like sort of using that hurt as a weapon against other people. Um, and that's just like, that's such a city shitty situation to be mm-hmm. in um because it feels like there are no good answers um it's either sort of take a step back from this friend and even though you know that she's hurting right or continue to show up for her um and be hurt yourself because of the way that she's hurting um and that's that's a really challenging situation to be in to know that your friend is hurting you because they themselves are hurting and but you know that you don't deserve the things that she's saying to you right Yeah, I think that this letter is tricky and difficult and painful, Um, even just reading it, because there there are two things happening. There is a friend who is in an obviously abusive relationship, Mm -hmm. and then there's a friend who is also in a questionably abusive relationship. It's Mm. not normal. My darling, it's not normal Mm -hmm. for you to be degraded and um, insulted by a friend. Like, that's not a Mm -hmm. normal situation. And I don't know if I would use the word, like, uh, I don't, I will let you and her both be the decider of whether or not we get to use the word abuse. But I can definitely see some very blatant toxicity. And I want to tell you. That just because someone is being abused um, doesn't justify their toxic behaviors on others. Um, I know that we can empathize and understand um, and support and that and that that is all very important, beyond important. But what is equally important is mirroring what is healthy boundaries and healthy relationships, meaning you are not doing her and yourself any favors by ignoring her hurtful, toxic behaviors. And in fact, if you said, I love you, 
I'm here for you. I don't judge you, but I need you to know how you make me feel. You make me feel small. You make me feel ashamed. You make me feel hurt by the way you treat me. And I want us to have a healthy relationship. So I'm going to do the first scariest step, which is establishing a boundary. You cannot talk to me this way. It's mm. you can't talk to me this way. Right. Um, and I know that that's really hard because you see how much she's hurting. Right. And I want to just acknowledge like that navigating these two big hurts is is it's complicated. And there, there's no there's no easy out or easy answer. And there's no clean fix to this very messy human experience. But I, I just want to. I think when I first read this letter, I was deeply concerned for your friend. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a deeply concerning relationship. And then the second time I read it, I'm deeply concerned for you that y- the the health of you and how y- and 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 this friendship is just as important, right? Um, and it's hard to like navigate those two, I guess. Yeah, I'm honestly just sitting here. Having one of, I feel like, the epiphanies that we sometimes wow. have on this <laughs> Tell me. this show. Um, just, like, honestly, this is the week of the anniversary of my father um, killing himself. Um, mm-hmm. And just reading this letter and sort of being back there and, and hearing you say that thing around, like, you need to model boundaries for this person. Like, you need to not even though you know that they're hurting, you need to not show up and let yourself get hurt by it um, is really profound for me because like Mm -hmm. that was something that I had to go through with my dad and sort of allowing him to hurt me because I knew how much he was hurting and, and clear, like even two years later, since he, since he killed himself, I'm still in that place of being like, but you can't like of, of understanding how difficult it is to, to pull away from someone who is right. hurting this badly and just this willingness or this idea that that I have that it seems like you have two big bones of like, well, that's my who else is going to support them if they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's my job to step in and and help and and love them and, and hope that the love that I can give them um, will save them and being willing to like be a human sacrifice being like being Mm. a martyr in the situation and saying like, yes, I will take your blows because I know that on the inside you are, you are hurting so badly. Um, and Sierra is right though. Like it's hard for me to hear that because I don't know a a way, I don't know a different way of interacting with my dad and I never will. right? Right. Like, and Sierra's right though. Like Sierra is right that you don't deserve this abuse. I didn't deserve that abuse and putting up with it isn't serving anyone except this sort of like idea that that this is what we need to do that we are somehow this is somehow our job or our mission in life is to to help fix these people that are hurting us. And that's not true. You right. don't you don't have to put up with this. Like Sierra said, you can talk to this friend in a way that that understands her experience, but also centers your own well-being. And you can also say to her, I don't want you to think that this is me abandoning you. Right. right? I don't want you to think that. I am here to help you find some way to be healthier, but I am not here 
to be a person who you put all of the the anger and the 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 panic and all of the bad feelings that you're feeling onto. Totally. And that's really hard because you know what she's going to do? She's not going to listen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like she's not. She's going to my guess is she's going to react really poorly to that conversation. But it is what you need to do for yourself and also grossly, perversely for her. Right. Because that what you are doing right now is enabling her to take her pain out on other people. Mm. And that's not okay. That's not good for her. She needs to to find she needs to find a way to move through her pain in a way that serves her and not the person that she's with. And that fucking sucks. <laughs> Say it. Like that's like the the moral of this episode. Just like that sucks. Like it it fucking sucks. I don't know what else to say to you. Like I wish I wish it was easy, but it's not. Yeah. And and I'm sorry you have to go through this with this friend and I and I just recognize how hard it is, but but Sierra's right. Sierra what Sierra said is exactly what you need to do in this situation, even though it feels like I don't know, ripping well, out your soul or like <laughs> I think that we should you and I we have an opportunity here and have multiple times in our interpersonal lives to reflect mm-hmm. on what we think love is versus mm-hmm. what love can be. You know, mm-hmm. we we are so taught that love is sacrifice and love mm-hmm. is being um, a battering ram, like you said, or, or, you know, and 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 being a catch all for everybody else's everybody's pain or or whatever that that love is supporting someone no matter what no matter how they treat Mm -hmm. you or whatever um but even though even thinking about to our check-in topic like your your love to me at that happy hour wasn't saying i know sierra i know it hurts you know like i'm sorry you know you know your love to me was was mirroring to me what I needed to see. It was mirroring to mm. me saying saying the truth that I was hiding myself from the truth. I was um, compartmentalizing. I was doing all of these justifications and your act of love to me was to speak through that justification and, uh, and say, this is the truth. Like you need to see what the truth is. And mm-hmm. that, and that act of love great, you know, was fucking really hard to hear, <laughs> um, but it greatly changed not only that breakup, but, but the way I viewed life. Right. And so I think we just need to give ourselves a little grace and a little more like an expansion of what love can be. But but to echo what you said, that is so hard and so counterintuitive. Just the other day. Right. Yep. I think I mentioned this on la- the last episode about how like I like I decided to do something that was like a little more complicated that served everyone's needs instead of just doing the simpler thing. I don't know if I mm-hmm. talked about this maybe on a Patreon episode, but I remember Willow saying something to me like, well, it could be easy if you just did this. And I was like, no, you don't understand. I have to do it this way. We feel like we have to, (laughs) we have to self-sacrifice. We have to, um, this idea of love and caretaking is so deeply ingrained in us. Um, and so Sam's right to do the opposite is going to feel like ripping your soul out or whatever you said. (laughs) You're like, yep, yep. That's it. That's it. Yep. That's what it felt like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I agree with what Sam said, too, is of that. There is a way for you to make this perfectly clear. 
your boyfriend is isolating you, you are extending that isolation by not telling any, like, this is where the red flags are for me in that relationship. You're isolated. um, You are sacrificing your um, own livelihood for the benefit of the relationship in ways that don't make sense. It doesn't make Mm -hmm. sense to be on the phone while you're at work. Doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that somebody who is unemployed cannot travel to you to work around your your um, work schedule. None of this makes mm-hmm. sense to me. Um, and there is a way for you to perfectly articulate what you need to say to her to to like Sam did, um, sh- like speak through all of the justifications she's making for this behavior. Say mm-hmm. the truth. Say say it boldly. But like we always say, we can't control other people and other yep. people's choices and their relationships are are not for us. They are they are outside of the realm of control. Um, yep. And so be ready and actually literally now start disconnecting yourself from this uh, from her romantic relationship in that this is not um the most blunt and like heartless thing I can say is this isn't your problem. Um, and but even to, even to say that feels cruel to me, you know, it feels unnatural. Um, but like, you know, almost like spiritually, if you think about it, this is her journey. It's mm-hmm. not yours. Right. And mm-hmm. you have to start seeing what is your journey, right? Your journey is seeing how you can navigate yourself through this friendship, how she treats you, how you can stand up for yourself and what you are and are not going to tolerate in your life. And hopefully, as we've said before, that will model some healthy choices, boundaries for her. Yeah, absolutely. And that like Sierra said, it feels so counterintuitive that boundaries, space between us and another person are actually what make the relationship healthier and are actually like more helpful. Um, but but Sierra's right that this is, you can speak your truth and you can show up for her by taking a step away from her. Mm. Um, and, and that's, I think, what you need to do in this situation. And... And I think you can sort of phrase this in a way that makes it clear to her by saying, I'm here for you when we can, when we can both be healthy in this relationship, um, that can, that can make sure that she knows that if she needs to get herself out of this abusive relationship, that you are still going to be there for her to help her to go through that. Like he's trying to isolate her from her friends and you're saying that's not what's happening here. What's happening is that I still love and care about you. I'm going to still be in relationship with you, but with these boundaries yeah, in you place. you can't treat me like that. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and if you can't respect those boundaries, then I will still be here for you when you are ready to mm-hmm. respect them. But I can't do this right now in this way. Right. And if anybody's listening and thinking like, you know... <sighs> I, I don't want this episode to end and people to think that like we aren't supportive of people in abusive relationships. Obviously that couldn't be further from the truth. Um, mm-hmm. But I know that when I was in my most abusive relationships, um, the thing that helped most is knowing that no matter what I did, no matter what happened, no matter what I said or shared or didn't share, I could go to Sam at one mm-hmm. point or another, I could go to him, right? Yep. And 
Sam didn't get me out of any abusive relationship. There was no, you know, thankfully there was no situation in which I needed to flee for safety reasons. But the idea of having support, having somebody support me was like a very helpful guiding light, right? Not even like a guiding light, but like in the darkness of like leaving an abusive relationship, you know, you can go to somebody and not be judged. And so to bones, like you can't, like we've said before, you can explicitly say, I don't judge you. I love you. Right. I'm here for Mm -hmm. you. If you ever want to talk about him, I will listen and I won't judge. I won't even say anything, you know, like whatever it is, you can be explicit about like Sam said, how you can be there for her. But also there's, there is, there is a level of un. There's a level in this letter of of negative, like mean meanness, you know, of cruelty mm-hmm. to her friends. That just isn't okay, right? It's just not okay. And yep. um, so I I I hope that that all makes sense. And um, we obviously don't want to leave this friend alone in this nasty relationship. But this is this friend's journey, right? This friend mm-hmm. has to have that epiphany moment where they realize, like, maybe they don't want to be treated like this anymore. Um, yep. And and no one can make them have that moment. Absolutely. Yep. Okay, Bones, we know that this is very complicated, very painful, um, but you can you can remind yourself what's true. Like, I am a good friend. Mm-hmm. Say it to yourself. I'm a good friend. And I and I don't deserve to be treated this way. I love my friend and I believe that she deserves a better, healthier relationship. I love my friend and I understand she is hurting and therefore taking her hurt out on me, but I cannot control my friend and I cannot protect her from life. I can only Mm. explicitly tell her that I love her. I don't judge her. I support her, but I won't let her enact her pain on me anymore. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I'm sorry you're in such a shitty situation, Bones, but but I hope that this helped at least make you feel a little bit more seen. We love you. Thank you so much for writing. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. All right, our third and final letter comes from Anne Animo who is writing from Turtle Island. All right, so they write, First, I want to say how much I've appreciated listening to you two. A friend recommended the podcast last winter, and I've listened near obsessively because it makes me confront my own life in healthy ways and because of your passionate, infectious empathy. Your compassion and your dedication to growth and to love for all things is a great light. Unsurprisingly, the more I listen, the more I've been tempted to write in myself. 
When I don't listen for a while, it's a lot easier to think that everything is just fine. And most of the time, I think that it is. That's a bit confused. But just wait. That will be a theme. (laughs) I've put off writing this letter for a while. Even this first paragraph has three weeks between its first and last sentence. Oh my God, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. My girlfriend, she, her, and I, he, him, have been together for several years. Six, actually. She is wonderful, and I love her dearly. Let's call her Kira. She challenges me and she makes me laugh. Though we both love being active outdoors, we can sit happily around just talking for hours. Our dog prefers the active outdoors part. We've been talking for a while about getting married. Not long ago, we even went to see what we like about rings. I can easily see spending the rest of my life with her and having the kids that we both want. We make each other happy and it is both calming and exciting to be so known and to have my person. We have... We have some differences in communication and attachment styles that have caused us each stress. E.g., growing up, she mostly learned to express fears and frustration through anger while I am nearly paralyzed by confrontation. But we've been working to be better together, even now living eight hours apart. The trouble now derives from the fact that I've been forced to question everything I understand about our relationship. I've never been a jealous partner. I have always valued many female friends, and it's important to me that my partner have whatever friends she needs to have, even if they have a crush on her. So it was unfamiliar and uncomfortable when I was starting to get a bad feeling just five or six months into the relationship with Kira. Little things now and then that made me wonder, but I was so excited about the relationship that I dismissed them. Then bigger things made me wonder, too. But I always had just enough doubt and alternative explanations to dismiss what I knew for a long time, that Kira was seeing someone else. Mm. It never made sense. How could she be so loving and present with me while also being with someone else? Things I know now. When she said she was doing a wine night with friends and would be drinking too much to drive home, she was at his place. When I went to see my parents for Christmas, she delayed until New Year's so she could see him for a few days after Christmas. When I suggested a plan for us to take a vacation together, she said it was too rushed and with too little detail, then went to the Bahamas with him just a few weeks later. But at the time, I couldn't face these things. They just didn't make sense. There was a lot of gaslighting. She did a lot of compartmentalization. Four years after I started, first started to wonder, I was finally able to confront her successfully. I wish I had so many other times before. When I tried before, she denied it and was hurt and angry that I would think that, and I didn't quite have the clear evidence to stand my ground. I even went to therapy to try and deal with my trust issues, but it wasn't really an honest effort because I knew I was right. All the while, Kira often expressed frustration and anger that we weren't moving forward in our relationship and she felt stuck. I could never face the fear of losing her enough to call that hypocrisy. But after years of hesitation and doubt, I did finally manage to confront her. I went into the conversation without a plan because I didn't want to commit to breaking up with her and wanted to hear what she had to say and see if there was any chance we could fix things. She denied, then she broke down. Turns out I'm very perceptive and was right about everything. Cold fucking comfort. I had thought by confronting her and hearing the truth that I would know what to do, but it only felt more muddled. We decided to keep talking and working despite the barriers. That was almost two years ago. We've come a long ways, and I am so excited about the life we could build together. But like I've been incepted, a doubt has grown and waned and grown again. She is impatient for us to get married and buy a house and start a family, and I truly want those things with her, but a sort of shadow is still in my mind. 
I'm now close to sure that our confrontation wasn't quite the end of Kira's other relationship and that they had at least a couple more contacts later that she hid. Like some kind of emotional quantum state, I want entirely to be with her and Mm. sometimes wish I had broken up a long time ago. Now in my early 30s, I'm terrified of losing her and what we have built together, but I'm also afraid that that shadow will never quite leave. I don't want to wonder and doubt or feel jealous again, and I don't want to lose my person and the future I know we could have. Mm. I went to therapy last spring, and I should have gone again this fall, but in going, I didn't gain a clearer path, just some tools to feeling less oppressed by this tumult. I learned that I need to favor honesty over kindness more often, but I hate how often that means hurting Kira. I know that therapy isn't for advice, but sometimes I wish it were. So that's where I hope you can come in. How do I parse this? I firmly believe that infidelity doesn't have to end a relationship, but as far as I can tell, there isn't a playbook for the months and years afterward. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to see the right way when they are both terrifying. Sincerely, thank you for this and all that you do. Anonimo. Wow. Anonimo. Um, <laughs> this episode is just like confusing, <laughs> painful situation on top of confusing, painful situation. I know. It's like, I don't know why <laughs> we picked these I, three letters for this yeah. episode. <laughs> I thought it made like a nice pair. And now I'm just like in a deep depression about how hard life is. <laughs> No, seriously. It's like some, usually we pick at least one where it's like, yeah, we'll knock this one out yeah, of the park. Yeah, yeah, but like, Leave them. <laughs> yeah. But instead, but we're this just, episode, we're just like, oh, life is so hard. It's humbling us. It's humbling us. <laughs> That's right. Um. Okay. Well, I, first I have to say this anonymo, like, uh, this, you may have taken you like however many weeks or months to write this letter but you described this experience so perfectly and painfully um that the poet in me and the human in me relates so much to this story and to that Mm -hmm. shadow and i think so many of our listeners are going to relate to that um image of that of being afraid that that shadow that thing that you're carrying with you is never going to go away i I just think you Mm -hmm. articulated that slice of humanity so beautifully and painfully um uh yeah just wow wow to this letter wow to your articulation of it and and wow to your your love and your questions of this love absolutely and i also enjoyed your your feeling of feeling incepted Mm. like that i think that that is such a a perfect word for that feeling of when you know something's wrong And it's like, suddenly you are questioning, not just like this present moment, but you are also questioning like the weeks and months that led up to this moment. And you're like, and suddenly you just have that change in perspective that we were talking about in the first letter, but like a bad one where you're just like, wait a minute. Yeah. This doesn't add up, which means that those other things didn't add up and the things before that didn't add up. And now suddenly everything that I knew to be true has been like changed in the, in the span of an instant. Yes. Um, I want to ask some questions that didn't that that cannot be answered because this you're not on the phone with us. <laughs> um, I want to know if your partner um, went to therapy or if mm-hmm. uh, if she volunteered to go um, during this time or at any time. Um, I'm trying to be more mindful. Like I think therapy is such an important resource, and that it is. Um, widely more accessible than the um 
understanding of like, like I think there's this perception that therapy is unaccessible or inaccessible to many people, but it's more accessible than we think, but it's still not accessible to everybody. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. I'm just trying to yep. acknowledge all that. Um, yep. That being said, I understand that you are, you have the capacity or means or, or opportunity to go to therapy from what you said, you, you've been twice in this relationship for, mm-hmm. to work on this relationship. So I want to know if she has that same opportunity and if she has taken it, um, because I see, you i see how much work you have done to process through this um to to acknowledge that shadow and i want to know what work she has done <laughs> honestly that was my my big thing coming into this letter too was that like i got such a a good picture of what you went through mm-hmm. and the ways in which you are asking yourself really good questions like questions about whether or not this is the relationship for you like understanding that you're in this this what you feels like mm-hmm. between a rock and a hard place i didn't hear one thing about her apologizing i didn't hear one thing about her making any space for the pain that you've gone through like she might have right like i don't i don't know your life but but the fact that that you're centering so much of this situation and how badly the situation has played out on yourself as if it is your job somehow to carry to, it and process to it. Ca- and, yeah. yeah. To process this infidelity that she committed um, and that she seems to want to move on from quickly, but that is obviously still sitting very deeply with you um, is just telling for me that, that I want you to know that this is a relationship, right? That it is not on you to just figure out how to forgive this woman and move on. It is on both of you to find a way to atone for what happened and figure out a pathway forward together where both of you are getting what you need out of the situation, which is not just immediate forgiveness and moving on, but an acknowledgement of the pain that you went through, a deep acknowledgement of it, an understanding of what is going to change and what will change going forward in the relationship, like what's changing in this moment and what's changing in the future, and a commitment to work on those things together. And again, I don't know your life because I don't know the whole story, but from this letter, it feels like you have tasked yourself with getting over this. And that's not what's happening. That's not how this relationship is going to move forward into something healthy. It's not up. For- it's not up to you to get over it. It is up to both of you to figure out how to work through this massive, massive infidelity. This massive amount of lying, amount of deception, gaslighting of is the word you use. Gaslighting, <laughs> right? Exactly. In order to find something that's healthy. And and it seems to me from what you've talked about is that you just sort of did what you do, which is be paralyzed by confrontation and take a step back and say, like, it's on me to figure out how to forgive her. And it's not. It is on both of you to figure out how to make this relationship work. Right. Um, I I couldn't agree more. And I also want to say, connecting some threads here, um, just because this happened years ago doesn't mean you can't change your mind about it. Just because oh, yeah. this um, this trauma to your relationship and to your trust happened years ago doesn't mean you can, you've like used up. It's your right to deal with this and heal from this 
has mm-hmm. not expired, right? And don't get me yep. wrong. She, she, if she wrote into us and said, um, we've moved on from this and he's bringing this up again and I don't know what to do. Um, I can understand why and how she could feel as though this is a step backwards, but mm-hmm. what she doesn't understand or what you will have to make clear is that you have never really left that space, right? You have, right. you have, might have moved on in different ways, but there's a part of you that's still back in that room, back mm-hmm. during that very first confrontation. And that part needs to be healed, rectified, whatever, in order for you to move on with or without her. So th- this right. is... Uh, like relieve yourself of any guilt about the time that has passed. So the time mm. passed, you tried to move on and now you can't period. That's it. Right. Nope. And there's, there's no judgment. Yeah. There's no, it's like, like evaluation it, it, tied to that. It's just it's like, like a that's wound. The <laughs> that, yeah. you, you have a wound. You, you like stitched it up, but like accidentally underneath the stitches is like an infection and there's still an infection. Like, yeah. shame on you for not fully healing it the first time around. How dare you <laughs> right. try to stitch yourself up and move on with the rest of your life? You know, Absolutely. there's no shame. No, for sure. And I want to also just make clear, that, like, when I'm talking about goals for the relationship, I'm not just talking about getting married and buying a house and having kids. Like, those are... Secondary. Those are like, yeah, those are indicators of what you are moving towards, but they're not the goals of your relationship. The goals of your relationship are around, you know, being together, being honest, being able to be open and vulnerable with each other, having good communication, atoning for the first six years of your relationship, which were like a lie, <laughs> mm-hmm. not six, the first four years of your relationship, which were full of lies. Um, and that like, those are what I'm talking about. And I don't want you to get fixated on, well, we have these shared goals around, like, having kids and buying a house. Like, yeah, you and, like, millions of other people share those goals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. This is what I'm talking about, guys. Like, being friends with Sam. It's just cut so deep. <laughs> like, that's not what I'm talking about. Um <laughs> <laughs> that was just so good and so like to the jugular, my man. Uh, to the jugular. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm very direct. And no, I'm like, I love it. We live for it's it. Like a, it's a Blackwell family trait. Um it just comes out sometimes. I just want to make sure that that you are you're not just confusing sort of having these goals around around what your future relationship might look like on the surface right. with what your future relationship would actually look like if both of you are authentically showing up. And she like, (laughs) she atoned for like the fact that she was lying to you for four years and didn't make it feel like it's all your job to just get over it. Yeah, totally. Um, Go ahead, Sam. No, I was just going to talk about sort of what it means to be in your thirties and sort of facing and in a relationship that you've been in for six years and how terrifying that is. And I want to acknowledge and see the fact that it is terrifying. This is like leaving a relationship that has gone on for this long um, is really scary because mm-hmm. what's out there? You don't know. Like this feels really safe, even though at this point it doesn't feel super safe for you. Right. And out there is just like what? loneliness and despair no house and kids for you samuel you know that's not true (laughs) i know i'm just saying that that's what it feels like but that's not 
that's not the reality. People in their 30s who have been in long-term relationships break up with people all the time. Right. And those people find happy, healthy, productive ways of being in the world by themselves with other people. It is not a mark of failure that you are this age and needing to end a relationship. It's not a mark of failure that you were in a long-term relationship that wasn't super helpful for you. And now you need to break up. Like this is just life. These are just experiences that we're moving through and making the best decisions that we can and know that even without this woman in your life, there is still abundance. There is still happiness and joy out there yeah. that you can move towards. So you're jumping to, you think they should just break up. If you need to, <laughs> I don't know how I could be in a relationship with someone for four years and have them lie to me the entire time. And listen, then... I did it for two. <laughs> I did it for two. That's true. And then he left me. So maybe she just needs to break up with you. <laughs> oh God. No, <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. I, I want to say something though. Um, I want to say this. So we you've heard you might have heard me in the past talk about the metaphor of like digging a well, right? Um, mm-hmm. That you're digging a well, you're digging a well and you're looking for water and you're looking and now you're like six feet down, you're 10 feet down. You're, you, you can't find that water. And the relationship is that well, right? You're digging, you're digging, you're digging. And you, the more years you spend in it, the more you're like, well, I, I can't give up now. And I can't crawl to the surface because I put all of this time digging that well. I have to find that water instead of realizing that up above is like clear air and and sunlight. And you can start again at maybe at like a more fruitful location. However, mm-hmm. I would say that to you. But I will also say this, that another way to look at that well is the way you've been digging it hasn't been working the way you've been mm. digging it hasn't been working. So you either got to climb out, just break up, start a different well, or you need to make one more effort to dig in a different way, maybe with different tools. Maybe you got to go to the left or whatever, which is mm-hmm. to say you need to, no matter what, voice this to her completely and wholly and honestly. You need to say, yep. I love you and I, I and I have been struggling for years now, right? with letting go of our past and and you want to get married and you want to buy a house and I still feel like I carry this around with me and I can't carry it alone anymore. So we either need to process this wholly and fully and in a different way. Remember, different tools, different direction, different d- digging style. Or we need to we need to separate and and find our water elsewhere from other from yeah. other people, you know. Yeah, I would even say in that that metaphor like no, you need to climb out of that well and you can either start digging a different one together or yes, separately love that. because love this, that. this well is, is Tapped, 100% not working. Dry. There's no water here. There's none. And so you either need to sort of come at this and start from scratch and say, we need to start with marriage or couples counseling, right? Like we need to start with therapy for me and for you. We need to, we need to develop different tools to be able to understand each other because what is happening right now isn't working for either yeah. of us. And I would encourage you, like, I would say that if you are really interested in maintaining this relationship, that that I would recommend that you find a, a couples therapist that works for both of you. Yes. Because this is a lot. This is a lot for two people who have, who are 
too far into it to be able to see clearly, to be able to understand and work through together. Yeah. This is it. This isn't just she slept with someone on a conference and now we're working through it. This is like four years of gaslighting and lies and infidelity. And that's going to take a lot of effort. It's going to take just as much effort to get out of this situation as she put into it, which apparently was a lot. So, (laughs) and this might, our our response might seem extreme to some listeners because it's like the relationship sounds like it's working now, you know, and I don't want people to think that I believe relationships can work after infidelity. I want to say that like you, you can absolutely move past um, something like that. Right. Um, but it, it seems like from what Anonimo has shared about his, conf- uh, like his conflict style and also the way the partner is capable of gaslighting and the control, the mind games that comes with gaslighting. I'm just not sure that we're talking i'm not sure that the relationship is as functional as it is functioning do you know what i mean like Mm, you can be with somebody and 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 it's functioning like it works without it being sustainable and 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 sustaining healthy you know you can be with somebody and i think the myth of time makes us forget that we think that just because a relationship is long means that it's working or that it's healthy um and most, I think most importantly, Sam and I are just like, we're, we're here to be y'all, y'all's advocates, you know, and I just yes, want to yep. be an advocate to Anonimo and say, you have a right to heal fully over this. Not that you mm-hmm. have to leave this partner. You know, you don't like, I see a world, a, a thriving, beautiful, bright world that is close to this world in which you guys can work through this together. Um, but most importantly we just want to validate you and your experience and your and this shadow this shadow is real i would not trust mm-hmm. my partner i would have oh my god and you nope. know i should say this sam fucking that partner that i was with for 2 years knowing that he had cheated on me for those 2 years mm-hmm. i i became my most sick self right because yeah. i was trying to be happy in ways that and and then I was also trying to be happy, and I was also trying to combat my inner f- fear and judgment and um, uh, paranoia about this person. You know, like I was doing so much work to yep. be happy with that person, and I'm wondering how much work Anonimo was doing to like not to to like trust this person again. You know, I just yes, I just want to advocate for him and his experience that like. You know, you don't have to carry the shadow around anymore. It should, you should address it. You should name it. You could, you should vocalize it. Bring that shadow into the fucking room with you. Bring it Mm -hmm. in the bed with you. Make your partner see this shadow and help you two together as a team need to, need to put that shadow away. Yes, absolutely. And to be clear, like, I think Sierra is absolutely right that, that our relationships Unhealthy relationships often bring out our most unhealthy selves. And I just want to say to you, Anonimo, that your most unhealthy self might not look like a mean person. Right. Might not look like someone who lashes out or someone who says passive aggressive things. It might just look like a constant folding of yourself, Mm. a constant wanting to make yourself as small as possible so this relationship goes smoothly. It might be dissociating, right? It might be that you no longer feel present in your body or in where you are in this relationship. You might be distracted by 
video games or reading or watching a lot of TV or scrolling endlessly, right? Like uh, levels of our, our unhealthiness, our unhealed wounds come out in different ways. So even if you're not lashing out, even if you're not being a totally toxic person, you still might be exhibiting unhealthy behaviors in this relationship that you don't have to exhibit, right? That that would be better served in a relationship with yourself, in a relationship with another person. And so I I don't want you to think, well, everything seems to be going fine, so maybe it's not as unhealthy, right? It can feel like it's going fine on the surface, but if you're not present in the relationship, that doesn't mean that it's not actually deeply unhealthy. Mm-hmm. I, I love that point. Um, yeah. And I think that, I think that this can work. This love can work, but you need new tools. That's all. We've said it already. I've said everything I need to say, but Hey, I also think that this love doesn't have to work. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. Like you don't have to, you don't have to prove a point that this relationship that that you can have a relationship after infidelity. We know that. That's not wow. Don't have to prove I love it. that. Love that. Love that. Yeah, you don't have to be the the case study of it. Yeah, yep, um, absolutely. Anonimo, we love you. We believe in you. We are here for you. Um, and we know this sucks. <laughs> we mm. know that this, like, <laughs> listening to this episode, like you said, um, more than any other episode, like, opens up a can of worms, right? But mm-hmm. um, lean in. This discomfort is worth worth it the discomfort is where change and growth happens um the discomfort you're feeling right now is because you have the opportunity to do things differently Mm -hmm. and it's going to be worth it absolutely it will we love you thank you so much for writing all right everyone this brings us to the blind date segment of our episode this is when we try and set you up with something that we think you're really going to like this week, our blind date is... Okay, it is a podcast called Something Was Wrong. Um, mm. And it's basically like a, a docu-series, different stories every season about gaslighting, controlling people with pot- potentially with like narcissistic personality disorders. So I want to mm. say that um, I don't love all of the podcasts, or I should say, I don't agree with all of it. Um, mm. I, I I choose to believe in this world that there are not good or bad people. They're just like hurting people who are getting their needs met in hurting ways <laughs> or hurtful ways or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I also I also know that there are like actual diagnoses that um, people can have um, that represent their certain behaviors, whatever. Um, the the podcast is a little too diagnostic for me. I um I prefer it to be just on story the story of of these people and their relationships. I guess sure does that make yeah. sense. However, I still would highly suggest it. I mentioned this podcast last episode, um, and the way it made me reflect on my own abusive relationships, um, how broken people can truly just come into your life and fuck things up, um, mm-hmm. you know. And it it made me really reflect on how I had been isolated and controlled and and essentially almost brainwashed in the past this the stories range from personal um uh stories of of people and their relationship finding out that they're like dating a totally different person than who they thought they were um Mm. or to um people pretending that they are sick you know like uh Mm -hmm. munchausers or or there's a new there's a new name for it that i can't remember right now um so just the it it 
you know, the title is Something Was Wrong. So it's like the stories of of people who really take advantage of people, period. So mm-hmm. it can be pretty mm-hmm. dark. It can be pretty triggering. But um, just listening to it made me really reflect on so much in my life. The letters we receive, uh, my own relationships, it led me to have some pretty big revelations about my most abusive relationship. Um, yeah, if I could if I could grade it, I would grade it like mm, 8.5 or 9 out of 10. It, it's not perfect all the time, but I was hooked. I listened to it for like two, two weeks straight, and it really led to a lot of interesting revelations in my life. So it's called Something Was Wrong. You can listen to it um wherever you find podcasts uh the host is really endearing also because like uh she made this podcast on her own um and you can kind of listen to the podcast grow in the same way that many of you have listened to just break up grow so just Mm -hmm. overall this is just like a genuine real-time recommendation from me something i've been enjoying over the last couple weeks i love it all right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Up Pod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes. But most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. Please click that follow button yes. so that you can get an episode every Monday exclusively on Spotify and also consider supporting us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you will get an additional bonus weekly episode. Plus a that's Patreon. backlog of like a oh, hundred yeah, episodes. Of so many episodes. Yes. That's patreon.com slash pod. This literally keeps our mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Original music, recording, editing, producing all magical things by our good friend, Big Cats, a.k.a. Spencer. Make sure to check out his podcast, The What If Podcast. And remember, you have the right to make your own choices and decisions. Making these decisions is not selfish. You are free to choose to live your life as you wish and to give priority to your own desires. You can choose happiness for yourself. You can choose yourself. And if all else fails, just break up. 